This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2. And on scorenorth.com. I'm doing math and playing Fortnite. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. A drive to right field. It is back and gone. I drive to center. Loreano's back. He's at the wall. That ball is gone. A home run. It's hard to put into words. I mean, you don't, there aren't many moments like that even over the course of the season. There are big hits. There are big moments. There are guys that drive in runs. There are guys that get big outs. Um, some of them are, are huge. But, you know, single-handedly coming, you know, coming into the game, pinch hitting late in the game against uh, a good team and a good reliever and a big spot with people on base and, uh, you know, giving your team the lead with one swing. I mean, those are, those are just an enormous, you know, moments for the game today but also big picture too i mean those are the, those are some memorable um that will probably be one of the more memorable moments um you know that we have at least to this point in the year um even and we've had some big moments to compare it to Mackie and judd with rami on the all-new score north and the score north mobile app and that was not like a must-win game by any means at this point in the season, but that was a stamp of a win for the Minnesota Twins last night. And uh, Judd, you were actually you were in the clubhouse after the game was over. And yeah. it's not often during the regular season that I need to know like what was it like, you know. And we're sitting here on July nineteenth, and very rarely are you wondering, man, what was the vibe like on this <laughs> July nineteenth? But right. what was Did the they pop champagne? <laughs> yeah. But what was the vibe like in that clubhouse after that win last night, knowing that the and the Twins probably knew that the Indians were already posting another victory oh, and they, they were running the risk? That of, game was done. Yeah. That that game was done. So the vibe was like this, and, and here's the interesting dynamic about this Twins team. I honestly don't think the vibe of the clubhouse, even as they dropped three straight and in the last two months or so, things have not always gone as great as they certainly did in the first two months. I don't think that the vibe in the clubhouse has changed a ton. Baldelli, the same guy. The players, basically fine. Okay. But that being said, the post-game feeling in the clubhouse, if this makes sense, I would classify as a deep sigh of, okay, we're sort of back. I, I, as I wrote for uh, scorenorth.com in my column that I penned late into last night, with one swing of the bat, as uh, as a pinch hitter, Eddie Rosario sort of, it felt like, gave the Twins their mojo back. The mojo was sort of gone. Like, the coolness was gone. A drive to right field! It is back and gone! I'll say a couple things, too. That's so cool. I'll say a couple things. One is, I think, for the purposes of this conversation, Phil, this is one time, July 18th, Game 95, where we sort of have to put the thing about you can't break down games individually in, in baseball, because I think this is one game that, that you can. 
I don't know where this is going to lead, but I do know if this leads where the, the Twins and their fan base hopes it does, that we will look back at this game and be like, aha, uh-huh, that was one of them. That was a crucial key game. And as I talked about on the Twins show earlier today, the other thing that I love about this conversation is I feel like baseball baseball is the one sport where there's not only moments that are special, but they're defined by circumstance. Rosario doesn't start. The day before, drops a fly ball, which was just brutal, right? Did we confirm that he was not starting? They said it was a punishment. They said it was rest. Said it was a maintenance day, right? A maintenance day. But but nonetheless, you know what? It doesn't matter. He just didn't play, didn't start. I love the term maintenance day, though. It's a hockey term. I love that. It's a big hockey term now. Yep. I'm going to call Phil one morning and just be like, Phil... Not going to be in today. It's uh, I'm going to take a maintenance day. If you don't practice, maintenance day. <laughs> but the, the NBA has a different phrase for it. The NBA call isn't it load load, load management? management? Yeah, a load management. Yeah, that day. sounds much worse. <laughs> I like maintenance day more. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to go crush some burritos tonight and have a load, load management <laughs> day tomorrow. Yeah, Phil, Phil Mackey knows all about that issue. But if Rosario had started, and that was his third at bat, it's still really cool. But he comes off the bench. He had just screwed up. He hits not the second pitch, not the third pitch. He hadn't worked the count full. He hits the very first pitch that he sees. He veers immediately towards where? The dugout. Screaming. The dugout's going crazy. He spikes his bat. I don't know, and and I'm not saying that hockey, basketball, and football don't have cool things, because they definitely do, but that's such a baseball thing. Like, the circumstances set that that up. And again... (laughs) I'll come back and say, if this season goes where the Twins think it can go, I think we're going to look back at game 95, July 18th, as goofy as that may sound, and be like, that was absolutely crucial to the success of this team, and it's where another sort of uh, corner was turned. It was more than just a win. It was more than just whatever, I don't know how many wins it put in the win column for him, but it was more than that. It was more than shaving the magic number down. I think Judd... Put it perfectly in in the headline at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. It's your one-stop shop for all written content for the Score North. promoting my stuff more than I am. I like it. (laughs) But you said, and I'm paraphrasing, tell me if I get this right or not, twins get Mojo back with one swing of Rosario's bat. Basically, That's what it was. That place was flat. That the all of Target Field and the and the Twins dugout was absolutely flat. And then you see Eddie Rosario pick up the bat, you hear the chance of Eddie. And the chant seemed to get a little bit louder and louder and louder. And then the first pitch happens, and boom, crack of the bat. And it was like everybody in that place was able to just breathe again. And the the dugout exploded. I love the camera shot where you can see the entire Twins dugout. And it was and it was like those guys were just waiting as much as the fans in Target Field were. Those guys in the dugout were just waiting for something to lose their minds over, and they got it. And hope and I don't think it's a coincidence that it carried over to two more home runs in the following inning. I think it it loosened up the whole team and took a little bit of pressure off of everybody's shoulders. We'll see if it carries over to to more than just last night, and if they can carry it over to to tonight's game and and even further down the road, but. It sure felt like something more than just a home run and a win happened last night at Target yeah. Field to me. On the on the, the the note of the players coming out of the dugout, did you guys see Nelson Cruz yes. like trying? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he, if he was doing it on purpose, but he was having a hard time getting over that the was railing. Me. <laughs> he wrote he wrote it with his stomach sort of. He's like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. Well, you know how like when when you have you guys ever in life situations where you have to jump a fence? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
we can talk about those life situations <laughs> later, maybe on the show. But there's there's two ways to jump a fence. I there's, cannot there's talk the, about that <laughs> the, uh, for another three to six months legally. Cannot talk about it. That's part of the agreement. Yeah, but like, there's two ways to climb a fence, right? There's the athletic way, which is you kind of jump up, you put your foot on the top of it, and you jump over the fence. And then there's the non-athletic way or the old man way, Nelson right. Cruz, which is. Get up as high as you can and kind of like wrap your body on top of Get the your fence. Belly and on roll, it. Yeah. yeah. And then just roly poly <laughs> over the side. Yeah. And that's what he did to celebrate the Rosario home run. Last night, the, the, the thought that stood out in my head the most as I was watching that happen was this is an amazing theatrical preview of what we're in store for, hopefully, in October. And we haven't seen it at Target Field. We've seen, we've seen two postseason games at Target Field. That type of vibe. We've missed out on for 10 years here, basically. Thought we were going to get more of it because you had game 163 vibes going into 95 win season 2010. You thought, oh, this is going to be great. Morno Mauer, Prime, Denard Span, and all that. The rug got pulled out from underneath us. But last night, if you didn't know that it was 98 degrees, you know, humidity and uh, dead How of the could summer. You not know. If you didn't know what the temperature was, you would have thought that vibe, that theater, the excitement, the spiking of the bats, the that energy, awesome. all of it was October last night. It, it was, was a nice sampling of October. It was the first time since I've gotten here. Now, I've been backing. I've been supporting the Twins since I've gotten here. They've always been one of the American League teams that I've sort of had a soft spot for growing up a Cubs fan. But last night was the first time watching a Twins game that I jumped up off my couch and fist-pumped and really got got excited over a Twins moment. It was a, a drive to right yeah. field. It is back and gone. That was awesome. The bat spike is a new one. So we've been talking about bat flips for a long time, right? Should no, they bat flip or not? That was frustration, though. Like, yes. The bat... I feel did, did like he the stare bat, down Baldelli. How dare you! I feel like the bat. <laughs> I feel like the bat flip is is a, a show of bravado, which is fine. But this was like yeah. three weeks or something of I've been hurt. We've I been dropped struggling. A, I dropped a bleep and fly ball and basically got a poor pitcher DFA'd. It was just a lot of things and bang, but that that was fun. But the, the quote that we played from Rocco to start the show to me is important because if you listen to it, this is a guy. This is a guy who rarely takes the opportunity. To to go talk about a win like that, the meaning, right? Yeah. Like ordinarily, it's like, well, we're we're gonna play tomorrow, and you know, and it's gonna, and we're gonna come back. And there's the if this had been a normal game, his quote would have been something along the lines of, "We're gonna come back tomorrow, and it's an important game too." But he observed, talked about, and appreciated the importance of that win, which which is his first two months. Phil, what were filled with. No drama, really. Mm-hmm. They were 40 and 18, right? This is the first time, I think, that we heard him sort of let out a sigh of relief himself in his comments of saying, no, this meant a lot. This was really important. Yes. I, Man, I mean, there's a certain... Well, I'll, I'll say this. like Baseball is very much an individual sport that's sort of disguised as a team sport, right? In the NFL, you're scheming 11 and 11, and the quarterback is the most important, but... It's kind of a it's a symbiotic relationship between all eleven players. Yeah, everybody to, needs to be where they're supposed to be and do what they're supposed to yep. do for something to really to really work. Yep one one if one player messes up in his one on one matchup, it screws up the whole chain of events and 
It's everything. Everyone's kind of on a string in right. basketball, in hockey too, right? Now, are there Herculean individual efforts that can? Yes, I'm not saying that there's no individualism at all, but baseball really is hitter versus pitcher a bunch of times throughout the course of a night, and so. I think you can get away with just having the best individual performers without a lot of chemistry. You can go really far, but there is a certain we factor that you need to have in baseball in your DNA to win a championship more often than not. Like the Red Sox of 2004, right? Were they the most talented team? They were very talented, but like you could make an argument that the Yankees were more talented. There might have been a couple teams in the National League, but they had this bleep you, us against the world we mentality that was maybe the strongest I've seen of any baseball team in my life. And it, if they didn't have that, do they really come back off the mat down 3-0 in the American League Championship Series against the Yankees? Probably not. I think this Twins team has an amazing we factor about it. I love the fact that everyone is, you, every time somebody comes into the dugout, there's just a huge celebration. Even if it's just something as small as you hit a ground ball to the right side, Guy goes to third guy comes in, Max Kepler, a couple nights ago. Boom. Like they celebrate it like it's a home run. And I know like the losing teams do some of that stuff too. But to be talented and to have that we are all together factor, I think that's the combination. That's the that's the secret sauce and the recipe to win a World Series. And I do feel like I'm not guaranteeing that they win the World Series, but I do feel like they have that secret sauce in, in their DNA this year. I think that just I think that's just human nature. I don't think that just applies to sports. I mean, who I don't know about you guys, but the way I'm wired, I want to go and work for a company and go to a place where there's like an, a, a goal in mind and, and everybody's pulling on the same end for that goal. And you like your coworkers. You don't want to let them down. You're just you're, wildly you're disappointed right now in your career. Of, you're you're like, taking yeah, care of not, properly. Yeah, this, is not, this is not the show not I want to Exactly be what I was trying to get to, guys. This will be my last day on Mackie and Judd with Rami. <laughs> <laughs> this dugout's awful. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I think that I think that applies across the board. Well, and when you're playing for a bad team, I mean, after 40 games, it's pretty evident you're not really playing for anything. You're not coming home with any trophies at the end of the season. And then, yeah, you probably do start to get on each other's nerves when you're around each other day in, day out for hours, and you're on planes together, and it gets hot out. And oh, yeah, you start to hate each other, right? Exactly, yeah. But th- this was the first time, so they started on what? In late March. This was the first time since the regular season started, really, that, that there's been adversity and that they didn't bounce right back. Now, three games is not a long time. Right. But that, that you know, things weren't going well here. And and they commit two errors to start that game. They, Arias, I'm, I'm sorry. Arias. Gets picked off when Jake, uh, Jake Cave can't lay the bunt down. Yeah. They are bunting on purpose because uh, Rocco's gotten to the point where he was concerned enough that he was trying to get guys to into a scoring position. The point being, that game was not going great. You've lost three consecutive. You've lost two in a row to the Mets, who I'm sorry, I still think stink, right? And so you're saying, and so by the time Rosario pinch hit, you're starting to, if you're the team, I think, say, this is the first time things are not going well. And this is, and then for him to get up there and do that. A drive to right field. It is back and gone. And that was not a nice little home run where it's, oh boy, it got into the flower beds, thank God. That was a first pitch. Yes. I am going to jump on that fastball, and I'm driving it off the scoreboard. Yeah. Like it almost for it to be as therapeutic as it was for the Twins, it had to be one of those that was a no doubter because Absolutely. it allowed him to look at the dugout, give a primal scream, and spike his bat. Right, and because if know. it's going, if it's 
barely going to clear the fence, he can't go, he can't veer at the dugout yeah. and say, bleep ya. It was, maybe the word therapeutic is what comes to mind now. It, it was one of the most therapeutic moments of the twin season. In a, in a season that hasn't needed a lot of them, but like where you just really needed to let out some frustration and you just needed something to exhale for. And But think about that. that was, that's what it was. Think about how good this season has gone. And I know it's not just a three-game losing streak. Like there, There's a bigger picture than that. But that thing's got that bad, and not that bad, really, when you think about it. And we all felt the way that we felt. And the Twins felt the way that they felt. Because they lost three in a row. Everybody was walking on eggshells because they lost three in a row. The Indians obviously have something to do with that. But that's just how good this season has gone. That three losses in a row feels that bad. You know what I mean? Am I making any sense? Yeah. Hundred percent, absolutely, yes. But but yeah. we did but we did say okay, things aren't going well. How do you bounce back? And they bounce back with an exclamation point, basically, mm-hmm. not just uh, whew. yeah. And then of course after the Rosario home run, you could use a little insurance. You know, you don't fully trust the bullpen, and Taylor Rogers is just now well, I six out save. I do because it's time. one guy, and he's lights out. But he's going to be pitching six outs every time. I drive to center. Loreano's back. He's at the wall. That ball is gone. A home run. Mitch Garver. There's a drive to left. Grossman's going back. That ball's up and gone. A bullet to left field off the bat of C.J. Crone. Welcome back, Bomba Squad. Greetings from (laughs) Bomba Soda. I love Smalley. The crack of the bat on that Garver home run was... That was drive to which crack is best? Actually, Jonathan Harrison, we might need to bring back the the bombage at some point here soon. Mm. It's being worked on. Play all three, please. Oh, good. It's being just, edited. Just the Put the cracks. Together. Yep. A drive. I drive to center. Drive to left. Wait, hold. That was a quick one. <laughs> it was a drive to left. I think Rosario's was louder. A drive oh. to right field. Uh, Give me Garver. Garver. Garver's. Garver sounds like he. Garver's is sexier. It's the sexiest crack of the bat there is right there. Yeah, hit me again. Poor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say something. I just withheld it. I was going to say poor. Judd's fantasies are playing out right now. Oh, I'm, yeah. Mitch, give me some more of that Louisville slugger. That was uh, my right cheek. Yeah, exactly. Yes. How much do you guys trust John Morosi? Oh, the, the reporting of John Morosi. Emphatically. Yeah, very emphatically pl- trust him. Very plugged in. Yes. So like if two of the top, well, two of the top, you could say starting pitchers in baseball the last five years, both very much on the trade block, if the twin, if he was reporting that the Twins had a certain level of interest in them, then you'd trust that. I would trust that. Yeah. I'd yeah. be very excited about that. Although from the tweet you're referencing, I was unclear if it was both, if it was more on one I couldn't tell for sure. I just know that, that the Twins were probably at at one of the top two, if not the top, pitching matchup last night in baseball. Well, uh, we're like that from Morosi might might give me trouble sleeping if not for my my pillow, wow. which I got to after hearing about it for years. I finally took the plunge, got one for myself, and I love my my pillow. I fall asleep faster and better than I ever have before. Last night I fell asleep before midnight for the first time. Since I don't even remember when, because my can, pillows, can Judd and I try your pillow? No, it's my my pillow. Oh, and it's patented interlocking fill. Adjusts to how I sleep. If you got your own, 
It would adjust to how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. You know that's good for me because I'm a germaphobe, and my pillow has a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will. But if you don't, you'll get a full refund. My pillow also has a 10-year guarantee. 10 years on a pillow, you literally have nothing to lose. And right now, you can get a two-pack of my pillow premiums for just $34.99 a piece. That's right, just $34.99 a pillow. It's their best offer ever. It's still the best pillow out there, and it's still made right here in Minnesota, and you get two of them for $34.99 a piece. A great deal on the best pillow that you'll ever buy. I love my pillow. I know you'll love yours. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio special tab in the top right corner, and enter the promo code NORTH to activate your savings. Get two premium my pillows today at their best price ever. You can give them a call at 800-620-4439. That website again, MyPillow.com. Use the promo code NORTH. Better sleep is waiting for you. Get two premium my pillows for their lowest price ever, just $34.99 a piece. Go to MyPillow.com and enter the promo code NORTH. Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North personalities go back in time and dive deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers, Game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30-30 and 30 game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Thank you, Jonathan, Becky, and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we will uh, write things down and look back at things we've written down in the past. I know it was a bad week for me. I already know that for write that down. It was a bad week for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this has been a bad season for everybody. I predicted a sweep of the Mets. Yeah, I was right. Sweep I the predict, Mets. I predicted a sweep of the Mets, though, not the Mets sweeping. <laughs> so before the sweep break, the Mackie teased some uh, very juicy, if you will, trade twins speculation. What, Reckless, what do we call if that? you will. What do we call that in the business? Twins trade speculation, uh, if you will. Maybe. Reckless speculation. I, I was slow on the take there because I'm, uh, I'm, I've, I have something for this segment in relation to a PMAC fact attack. A PMAC fact oh, attack. Oh man, yeah, I got something for you guys. But anyways, John Morosi. Get down, yeah. John Morosi. Seven hours ago, he gave us what I would call a reckless speculation appetizer. Okay. Sources: Twins showing interest in Tigers pitchers Matthew Boyd and Shane Green. More t- more details in the story, and he goes on to explain there's teams that are interested in those uh, players and that there would be obviously a big price if the Twins were to get him. And included in that also was a very interesting item that the San Diego Padres might be very involved in going after Trevor Bauer. That was seven hours ago. Reckless speculation. But then it's as if the reckless speculation police came to Morosi, and they were Twins fans, and said, John, that's all you got today? It's not very exciting. I mean, that's okay. It's Tigers news, though. I mean, is that really <laughs> You're all better you got? than this, John. Yeah, come on, You're better John. than this. And so that's when John Morosi served up a main course of filet mignon of reckless speculation regarding our twins. Sources. Twins had top talent evaluator in San Francisco for last night's Madison Bumgarner-Noah Syndergaard matchup. Minnesota has the prospects to make a strong play for either starter and also has interest in the San Francisco Giants relievers, which, of course, are Will Smith, what is it, Tony Watson, and Sam Dyson. 
Mm. All all three are probably going to be or could be traded. What if you traded for all three of them? You just got a whole new bullpen from the Giants. Dyson still has a couple years of team. Dyson might be the. We talk about Will Smith. If they want guys under team control, Dyson's been a closer. He's right handed, but he's under team to, control for a couple years. What happened to Dyson a couple years ago? In te- he completely fell apart yeah. in Texas, and but now it's he's his one. Ba- he has one bad year. He's he's been awesome for like six years, and then he had the one weird bad year in yeah. the middle. Yeah. Um. But Cindergard and Bumgarner were facing each other last night. I feel like that should have been. I, I didn't hear about that at all last night. I feel like if this was any other league, you'd hear like, "Oh, here's the two like the two guys who've been amazing for the last five years." And I was all over Twitter last night, all over watching Twins and stuff. Game went sixteen too. Giants and, they, and those guys two. pitched all sixteen innings. They both pitched, yes, they did. <laughs> and their arms fell off, and they just rode off into yeah. the sunset. Um, so here, here's my pep talk to the Twins front office because opportunity is. Very much knocking right Isn't now. the pep talk just okay. six words? Make, Make the, the trade, plan, plan the parade. parade. Exactly. Make the trade. That's the pep plan talk. Plan the parade. Someone said to us earlier on Twitter that, that that hashtag's a little long to catch on. I disagree. I totally disagree. You had 280 characters. Make the trade, plan the parade. You can type that out there've like been, nine times. There have been longer ones. Yeah. So uh, if you go back 15 years to the Shannon Stewart trade, 16 years now, 2003, by my estimation... That's the last time the Twins had a genuine midseason trade that boosted the team, not only in the clubhouse, but boosted the team in the standings, chance to go deeper in the playoffs. Now, they only they beat the Yankees once that season. They haven't won a playoff series since 2002. But I just want to take you guys through a quick tour of Twins trade deadline history here since the Shannon Stewart trade, which was, uh, that was actually three or four weeks before. That was like uh, all-star break is when they acquired Shannon Stewart. Right after, right? And they were under 500. Yeah, they were a mess. And reeling, and they said, uh-uh, this is this team's better than that. Let's let's put a jolt Let's trade it. Bobby Kilty. Yep. Analytics darling at the time. He was. On-base machine. The Blue Jays loved him. Yep. And so Shannon Stewart came in, saved the day, got MVP votes, okay? The Twins, from 2004 until the opening of Target Field, and even a couple times at Target Field, have had not like... World Series caliber teams all the time, but really good teams that were playoff bound Mm -hmm. or just needed a boost of some kind, okay? 2004, that was one of the best teams in baseball. They did nothing. Unless I'm I'm forgetting, I don't think they did anything in 2004 at the trade deadline. They had their corset. And uh, they had Johan Santana, Joe Nathan. Was that the Minkiewicz trade with the brought? Didn't didn't they get? Didn't they make a three way trade that involved Boston? And didn't they get? Nothing. Like of, a middle infielder of some so not not uh, impact, but yeah, like a minor move on at the deadline because I think Mikavich switched clubhouses and yeah. I think it was a three team, but like team trade, little move, whatever. Doug yeah. Mikavich go to another not impact. Two thousand five, a team that missed the playoffs but was competitive and could have used a boost. Their boost was Brett Boone. Remember that guy? Hey, who was to know he had stopped <laughs> with that bad habit of his? Yeah. He was on the team for like three weeks. I did not remember Brett Boone being a twin. That, yeah. You're fortunate. I do, and I wish I didn't. It lasted less than a month, and they said, yeah, this guy's... They like put a fork in him, and like, yeah, he's done. He's good. Never yeah. never played again in the big leagues. It was awful. 2006, maybe the best regular season team in Twins history, maybe the best collection of talent in Twins history. You had batting champion Joe Maurer, Justin Morna was the MVP, Torrey Hunter, gold glove, 30 home runs, all these guys, right? Johan... You had Liriano. At the time of the trade deadline, Liriano was maybe the best pitcher in baseball. And you had Johan, multiple Cy Youngs. And your big trade deadline move that year was Phil Nevin. Mm. 
It's a big move. You're a Cubs guy. He played for the Cubs for a yeah, cup remember, of coffee, right? I remember Phil Nevin. Yeah. I wish I didn't. The Twins got that version of Phil Nevin. Hmm. Not the steroid Phil Nevin who no. had like 35 home runs. No, and, not good Phil Nevin. Yep. No. No, they got like sleeveless shirts celebrating yeah. in the clubhouse after they clinched the division. <laughs> hey, come on. Phil <laughs> Nevin. <laughs> All right. 2008. Another team went to game 163 against the White Sox. They lost it. Jim Tomey hit the home run off Nick Blackburn. But another team that just needed that just a little extra thing to get over the top, right? Give us some help. All right. We're going to bring back one of the greatest closers in Twins history. Everyday Eddie, they brought back from the Texas Rangers. And by then, Eddie was 90. Yep. And uh, and Eddie was He looked good for no 90, but he wasn't that good at pitch anymore. They brought him in in 2008. <laughs> 2009, they brought in Carl Pavana, who was fine. Orlando Cabrera was a boost in 2009, but they brought him in like at the end of August. He gave you one month. He was red hot, and he was amazing in game 163. 2010, another team, mid-90s wins. You need an A-starting pitcher. Just put this team over the top. They keep losing to the Yankees. And it was Matt Caps mm-hmm. and washed up Brian Fuentes. They brought in at the trade deadline. And then if you want to go down through target field, they brought in Kevin Jepsen one time, and he was fine. Like, he's fine. Uh, Jaime Garcia came in one time, and then they traded well, him they after one start. One start in Oakland, yeah. they dealt him. Like, this is your chance to yeah, put a pounce. stamp on a really good team. Yes. Do it. Yes, pounce. And, and by the way, your players sent you another message last night. Help us out because last night was a classic. All right, let's see what this team is going to do, right? They're behind again. They're not playing that well. Oakland's a pretty good team. You've just lost two to the Mets. You come back and win. This clubhouse continues to send the front office a message of give us help. And you know who else sent that message last night, boys? Can I guess? Go ahead. Go ball, Deli. Exactly. Yes, sir. Because the hidden thing that that's not being talked about a lot today, although we discussed extensively on the Twin Show, which is by the way five days a week and available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. But the Rosario home run was a great story, and so so that obviously in uh, the newspapers and the athletic and websites got a lot of play. But what was not discussed is what Rami just said, which is two months ago Kyle Gibson does not get the seventh. There is no way, no how. Nope. They go to the bullpen. Also. Tyler Duffy got up once or twice last night, but guess who didn't have to pitch? And Gibson, to his credit, came back, pitched the seventh, and it went one, two, three. So that's great. But Rocco Baldelli spoke volumes to Derek Valvey last night by going Gibson Rogers game. Think about it. Not gonna not not gonna, jettis- not gonna waste time with you've jettisoned, yeah. you've DFA'd three guys. A, a team, a team that used to be up against the forty man all the time, right, Phil? They were always it was that, and they they would try to rehabilitate pitchers no matter what. Since Saturday, they jet, they've jettisoned three players, and last night Rocco didn't screw around. He left Gibson in because flat out, I don't think he trusts the the bullpen help that he would have tried to bring in. And then he went to the guy he considers to be his closer and, and bullpen ace, and that was it. And that's fine, but it flies in the face of what he wants to do. Tweet coming in here at Score North, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zilgad, at Rami is tweeting from uh, Pessimistic Corey. Tweets in, front office quote from the near future, he says. And he quotes, Mm -hmm. in the end, we just felt like the asking price was too high and we could find other options. We're happy to have Mike Leak joining us and think he can really help. Do you guys think, because ultimately, that's the narrative. That's the narrative. That's been that's, right, that's been pretty, the history. That's pretty funny. That's been the history. I mean, I just went through the list. Like, 
Well, I know that we've been in discussions about Alfonso Soriano 12 years ago, but yeah. we just felt like the asking price was too high, so we traded for Phil Nevin instead. That's the Terry Ryan, Bill Smith, previous history. Do you guys think, what are the chances you think that that's what happens? And we're, the dust is clearing in two weeks, the trade deadline's over, and it's like, well, they got Mike Leake or some, some other guy. Can't happen, right? Can't happen. Won't happen. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm 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 still relatively new to this market. You guys tell me, is this a real possibility? I don't think is this so. It's going to be like the Wolves lottery all over again, it, where I was I was baptized in Wolves disappointment. Previous that Judd warned me about. Is this is this what I, is this what you're setting me up for? Previous administration, definitely yes. We we don't know what these guys are going to do in these circumstances. I have to think that they're going to make a trade that's going to be more than. Mike Leake. I have to. I agree. And until they until they prove me absolutely wrong and slap me across the face and I look like a complete moron, which is always possible, I have to believe that they're going to make a trade that's going to be, if it's not a big impact, it's still going to be a, that's a pretty decent trade. Yes, I can't emphasize enough. There's there's a lot of Twins fans, and the same with the Timberwolves. A lot of, and you know, I, I get it. It's been just a year of kind of the same old. But with Twins fans specifically, there's a lot of people that continue to lump in what this front office is with what the old front office was because the poll ads are the owners. So there's a lot of people that, well, it's it's the same old, same old, wake me when they actually do something, or cheap poll ads are just going to say no, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This front office is so different. These guys are, not to not to denigrate the old front office, but like they're so much more progressive and they're so much smarter in today's game uh, and proactive. I would be shocked if they didn't pull some kind of a big move. And quite frankly, like not not only shocked but like disappointed. Oh, absolutely! It would be a be, huge missed opportunity and be, a right? fail if you didn't make a big move or two in yeah. the next two weeks. I know I would be. That's what I was trying to gauge. Is yeah. are you guys are you guys there with me or is this my naivete as as the new guy to the twin scene? Well, it would definitely be a new like if they traded for I don't think they're going to trade for Noah Syndergaard, but if they made a trade on that level, the Shannon Stewart trade was a big trade. But there's a couple deals out there right now if you wanted to pull the trigger on a Marcus Stroman Ken Giles deal or a Madison Bumgarner-Will Smith deal, or if you wanted to trade for Noah Syndergaard, those would be the biggest trades, mid-season trades in franchise history. And those are staring you in the face right now. You can make the biggest trade in franchise history, and you can put this team over the top and put them on the same level as the Yankees, as the Astros, And I still think, And I, I still think that if you want to, on August 1st, say we are a World Series contender, you need a starter, and two bullpen arms, one of which I want to be a really good back end guy, right? That's the that's the key. And, and now, if you give me a choice and say you're not going to get one of those, I take the I take the uh, bullpen help there. And I say, and if here's the problem: if you get the Kyle Gibson that we got last night, you're in pretty good shape. If you get the Kyle Gibson who scuffled and started a week ago Friday in Cleveland. And gives you a three and what two thirds? You're in trouble. So if I have if I have to make a definitive choice here, I'm taking the bullpen help. But I really think if you want to wake up on August first and say, okay, this is a good team, but now it's a World Series contender, I'd like a starter and two guys in the pen. And and if they don't, I consider this to to be a test, just like when we were all kids and your parents said. Don't disappoint me, Rami or Philip. <laughs> don't disappoint. Don't disappoint mom and dad. 
That's what we're telling Falvey right now. Don't disappoint us. Don't you guys think there's there's also well let's let's come back. I've got a thought on this that I think in this case fan voices can kind of guide this thing more than most teams. Like mo, mo, you should never front office an organization and make decisions based on what popular opinion among fans would tell you because you'd be making a lot of short sighted decisions. But I, I have a thought on that. That kind of goes counterintuitive when we come back here. Did your parents ever do the old "I'm not mad, I'm disappointed"? Oh yeah, oh, that's, that hurts. But that's so what I'm, much but more. worse. But that's what so it, much more. That's what yeah. this is, though. Oh. yeah. Let's come back and talk more about this. More about our parents and disappointing yeah. them. Let's do a little therapy session. I got a lot of that. Yeah, what I were, have a lifetime of that. What were the things you regret? You regret most from childhood? When we come back. <laughs> And we'll take your calls. 651-646-8255. He's not kidding. That's the best part. <laughs> uh, also, maybe we'll play that for you and hopefully not get our license suspended by the FCC. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. It's a place my family and I have been going to for 30 plus years. And uh, I remember one time, I, actually, my mom slammed my thumb in the car door. Oh. She says it wasn't on purpose, but I think she was disappointed in Because me. you were a disappointment? Yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't make that deadline <laughs> That's deal. That's harsh. It was a 1985 baby blue Celica with uh, the the headlights that flipped up like eyelids. And my Those thumbnail came cool. off. because Those are really cool. She punished me. And then we brought that thing into Luther Brookdale Toyota. I'm going to guess you deserved it. Probably. I mostly deserve the punishment that I get. <laughs> But um, I had a great experience a few weeks ago getting into a brand new RAV4 XLE. It's the first time I've had something preparing for the winter ahead with four-wheel drive. I mean, I've driven rent-a-cars with four-wheel drive, but I've never, I've always driven Camrys and Corollas. I've never had on a daily basis four-wheel drive. So, you know what? If you want to come blast us in the face to old man winter like you did last year and give us 50 below wind chill and a bunch of blizzards, I'm prepared for it with don't all those safety features. Don't don't dare winter on hey, this day of all days. I got a RAV4 XLE. I'll sit in that thing and drive by all you stalled idiots on the side of the road. And then if something does go wrong, I'll bring it into the best service department. That's 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale, Toyota. Four forty-three here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. NFL to- total access last night was rating their top five cornerbacks in the league in the Vikings star corner. Xavier Rhodes ranked fifth, and they said about him he doesn't have the biggest, most wowing stats, but he's always consistently around the ball. He's a big corner that's always disrupting things. Put him on any wide receiver on a team, and he's going to disrupt them and keep them quiet. Your thoughts? Five too low, too high. Purple Daily thought it was a bit too generous at five. Let us know your thoughts at Score North on Twitter. That's at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. We're going to play some amazing audio, if you haven't heard it. The Aaron Boone chewing out of an umpire yesterday. We think we've got all the bleeps. Real quick. I, I hate to jump in. Judd, can no. you share the little factoid you just showed me on your computer? That yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I just saw a tweet. It has nothing to do with baseball or any sport whatsoever. I just saw a tweet that said, It got so hot Friday in the Twin Cities that the last remaining snow pile at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport from the brutal winter of 2018-19 finally disappeared today. What? Today? It got so hot Friday in Twin Cities that Who the last this? remaining... Um, Courtney it was the Center, Star Tribune, and it, right? Yeah. Hold on. There so was... There it's, was still a snow pile. Apparently, I guess so. Is she? Those things she's, are like she's joking, right? That's I don't know. It's got to be a sarcastic. I, that tweet. could be real. Those things are like icebergs. It's a it's a sarcastic. Imagine tweet. how big the snow piles were. 
out in at, at the airport of all places. Okay, you're saying if you put, let's say you put a U.S. Bank Stadium sized iceberg uh-huh. in the middle of the airport runway area. Yeah, and it, it might take in until, January. It might take until July to melt. No way. I think so. Is there somebody with a scientific background that can possible. help us here? I, I don't think know. That's possible. It just looked convincing. It looked good, and I liked how it read. Can we? You know what? If you're a scientist. <laughs> because six five one six four six eight two five five scientists. Well, they won't call in unless they have say the an biggest answer. scientific word you know. We're, we're, the okay, home so, of, we're the home of reckless speculation. Since when do we care if you're really a scientist? As long as you say you are one. Reckless speculation. Tell them, tell them to cite their latest academic study, and then you go and research it, Jonathan, yes. and then put them. It on could the be Doctor Spock or something. We'll take the Come call. On. Is he Doctor Spock? Is he a doctor? Is Spock a doctor? Yeah, Spock was, was a doctor. doctor. Was he? Yes, yeah, he Dr. was. Dr. Spock. Oh, okay. Weird yeah. ears. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was called doctor, but... Come on, I'm not a Star Trek guy, and I knew that. Thank you, Rami. <laughs> no problem. How about so, back? If, anyway, yeah, I, I, if, if you're running a front office in sports, you, you probably shouldn't make... You should, probably shouldn't, like, pull the fans before you make all your moves. But ultimately, fans drive revenue, sure. and they drive, they drive a lot of things. So you, you're kind of always playing this back-and-forth game of... Hey, we want to please the fans, but like we also kind of know better than the fans if we're a front office and we've got all this information and we want to groom the team for future success. But in this case, if if you just laid all your cards on the table, like I think we kind of know what the Twins cards are, right? They got a nice top 20 list of prospects. They're kind of set up if they just kept their team intact and they didn't really make any big moves. They're they're set up for a nice little window of 5 to 7 years. They're going to bring Royce Lewis up at some point in the next couple of years and Kirilov, well, they right? Trade them, yeah. Yep. Like if they but they didn't trade those guys, they're kind of set up. Yeah. But if you ask Twins fans right now, hey, are you okay clipping like two or three years potentially off the back end of this window to put some more chips on this table right here for this year? I think eighty percent of them would say yes. I agree. Does that matter to you guys? It matters to me that that I think more important than the fans, which is great because it would sell more uh, tickets. More important than that is the clubhouse. Like when you get, when you get uh, 2017, and that's a that's a nice team, wild card like team, mm-hmm. right? And then they go into a lull in July, and you say you're not, no, 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 no. And then you trade guys, and then they're like, bleep you, we're going to come back and win. I get, I get where Falvey is coming from, but when you're this good, I think the the people that you need to embolden here are the players, and say we believe in, and here's help. And if that costs us eventually, let's say it costs you in 2022, it's worth it because you're for real and 2019 is here right now and you have done everything you possibly can, including last night. You've done almost everything that you possibly can as human beings to prove to us that you're going to work your ass off. So here's bullpen help. The fans have nothing to do with it if I'm making that decision. But as soon as I feel like a World Series is within reach... I think that's when it's time to start mortgaging some of your future and thinking about now. And I think a World Series is within reach. I don't think that's unrealistic. Now, if you're who's a team that's just on the periphery of the playoff picture right now, I don't, I don't have the standing. I mean, Tampa in Bay, let's say, or a team with more money, like no, the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's take you're, the let's take the Cardinals. Your for favorite. Example. Let's take the Cardinals for example. And this has nothing to do with my utter disdain for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, you don't like the Cardinals? Their fans and anybody even loosely connected to them. Filled it some purpose. But no, let's take the Cardinals, for example. We should take them. And eliminate all my hate. God, do I hate them. But let's put that aside. Great baseball city. Can the Cardinals do anything 
to say catch up to the Dodgers. Can the Cardinals do anything where you go, now they got the Dodgers in a seven-game series? No. Exactly. So you wouldn't make a move just to appease the fans in that case. But if you're, say, the Cubs, do you think you can make a move where you put yourself in a position to to beat the Dodgers, compete compete with the Dodgers in a seven-game series? Yeah. That's when it's time to mortgage some of your future. And the Twins can put themselves, I think, to be right there with what everybody thinks to be the class of the American League. The Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox are kind of climbing their way back into that now. But The Yankees, though, I think is the, Yankees the fairest to, one The to Yankees say. seem to be the, the cream of the crop in the American League. And I don't think it's unrealistic to say that if the Twins make a move, or, I think the Twins are right there with the Yankees now. And so I certainly don't think it's crazy to say that if you make a move or two, that you're putting yourself in position to compete for a World Series. You mortgage your future when you're in that spot. I mean, the Yankees do have a lineup full of savages. I don't know if the Twins do. My guys are savages. My guys are savages in that box. We're gonna we're gonna play that in a second. I did get an email here during that discussion from Aaron, who works at MSP International. Picture the Star Tribune actually has a picture of the snow pile. What? So it's real. This was there. Let me see. This was melting today. This was because I got an email from Aaron that said I work at MSP. There's absolutely no snow. They have huge melting facilities and never have huge piles of snow like you see in the Target parking lot. There's no way. That's those look like big dirty piles of snow to me. Yeah, well, yeah, and we're not talking. And we're not. We're not discussing here like. A massive snow pile that, that the plane had to get, get off the ground before it hit. <laughs> We're talking about probably oh God, by a... Oh <laughs> Pull up! <laughs> niner, niner. Niner, niner. I got some problems here with this big snow bank. Yeah. You're, you're seriously telling me that on July 18th, yesterday... I can see it. Snow still existed at MSP Airport. I can see it. That's ridiculous. I, There's no way. I can see it. I'm not arguing the point. It's been like 80-plus degrees every day for two months and humid. I don't know. I can't help you. Are you, you. kidding me? I never Where do took, we live? I never took one science class I didn't have to, so you're asking the wrong <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, here. <laughs> David Channon, my, my friend from the Star Tribune, wrote a graph here that says it got so hot. In, in fact, the graph that I, I read you guys yes. is from David's story. So that was not a, twi- that was not a Twitter made-up story. That, that wasn't a joke. That was lifted directly from the Star Tribune. That's absurd. A picture of the remaining snow debris was posted on MSP's Instagram page along with a note that said, isn't it pretty? As hot as it is outside right now, I wish somebody would have told me that snow pile was still there so I could just go lay in it. So I could just go lay down in the snow pile. Okay, do you know how disgusting that snow pile would be by now? True. You're a germaphobe. That's also true. I'll just fill my tub with ice. And not you would get mind. a you would get a skin infestation disease. I'm not leaving my apartment this weekend. You. I am not leaving my apartment this weekend. Yes, it, this it is... might as well be six feet of snow outside. Okay, it I I love this weather. Not gonna lie, because every time it's fifty below wind chill, which isn't that often, but like That's it gets to be thirty below wind chill. Okay, when you're sitting when you're sitting outside and it's below zero and you can't feel any of your limbs. I'd prefer that. Well, can't I complain You'd about have both? that than this? Yes. Can't I complain about both? But yes, I'd yes, rather have that than this. Why, how I can because continually throw on layers if it's that cold. Thank you. I can't take off if any it's more cold layers out, as soon as I get these clothes off. If it's cold out, I can I can make myself warm. When it's mm-hmm. hot out, I can't. You're doing if, softball tomorrow night. I am. I'm going to bury TC the bear in the... Uh, so you're going to have to go out there. Oh, damn. So you're not going to be in your apartment if you plan on burying that will be the, the only bear. time I leave my apartment tomorrow. Oh. I'm telling you, like I was telling Rami this before we started the show. 
So I've been to Vegas probably three or four times in the dead of summer, like Ugh. like July, June. That's yep. and and I when you walk outside and it's 115 degrees and it feels like the whole city is blowing a hair dryer on your body. Ugh. I love that weather. How love it? What's Do you to really love? Just bring me can't, all of the heat. Can't I just have 75? Yeah, if you're in low humidity. When it gets so hot that I sweat from doing nothing, like literally from just sitting in the sun, that's too hot. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to mowing my lawn tomorrow morning. Don't mow it. (laughs) I've got to. I didn't mow it last weekend because of the the rain. Is this a scientist on hold? Or just. Ray, are are you a scientist or did you stay at a Holiday Express last night? Uh, Two Holiday Expresses. I bounced back and forth. Okay, all right. (laughs) <laughs> and I work at a grocery store where we have giant mounds of snow, and we take bets on when they're going to melt. And? And, yeah, they do last until late June. What? Depending on how big they get and how much snow Boom. you get. Are you serious? Thank you. I am serious. And we we go and knock them down just so they melt faster. We have to level them out so they take up more <laughs> more parking space. Is, are they in the shade or how? I'm perplexed by this. What? <laughs> so compact. So dense that they right. don't melt. That's our theory. All right. Well, thanks. that makes perfect sense. You know our guy. Our guy How Dan. does that make any sense? Our guy Dan They're tweets dense. at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolget at Rami is tweeting. I have an environmental science degree. It is entirely possible for the snow not to melt depending on the soil and minerals it's mixed with to increase the temperature of its melting point. Haven't read the story yet, though. Dan just made that tweet up. Yeah, Dan's, Dan's sitting <laughs> on a full of crap, Dan's sitting on a bar stool right now, completely trolling all of us. <laughs> Dan, you're full of crap. I believe it. Um, all right, let's. We got to play this Aaron Boone audio. This Shall is we? this is from uh, Boom Mics on the field picked up this discussion between Aaron Boone and this poor home plate umpire who looks like he's 25 years old. <laughs> Aaron didn't like the strike zone. that played on radio but that's Aaron Boone dressing down an umpire in his face and saying our guys are savages in that box tighten it up like the guy called a couple bad pitches off the off the corner tighten it up tighten it up he and and I don't know where the savages thing like yeah I didn't quite understand that I mean he's right the Yankees do have a bunch of savage hitters in there but I don't know what that has to do with the strike zone I think I think he's saying our guys are savages as far as swinging at pitches and if they're strikes they'll swing He's basically saying if they don't swing, okay. they're, they're not strikes. Okay. That makes sense. But I love the whole thing. I like I when too. he clapped and said, tighten it up. Yes. And pointed in his face. <laughs> yes. So last night I saw this. Why, was, why did the umpire just sit there and take it, though? What are you supposed to do? I've never seen an umpire. Argue back. He knew he was wrong. How did? Then why did he make the call? He was. He knew that he was calling pictures He's waiting outside. for a robot to replace him. <laughs> yeah, he is. 
But get, get out of the way. I am the new home plate umpire. Strike <laughs> happy, one. Happy birthday, Polly, from Rocky Four. Um, like, I saw so many people last night saying, "Is this really the way we want to be portraying? Like, do we really want people treating umpires this way?" It's like, first of all. It was just a really fun glimpse into what conversations are actually like between managers and umpires and players. Secondly, these guys are making money at the top of their professional food chain. And they're both, like the umpire is umping for his livelihood over a robot, right? Yeah. And Aaron Boone is managing for his livelihood with the Yankees. I had no problem with it. I thought it was super entertaining. Aaron Boone did apologize for being unprofessional today when he was asked about it. He probably felt bad. He got suspended for, for today's game, too. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. for the contact. This, doing this doesn't condone or set an example for the the little league coach who's yelling at the 14-year-old umpire yeah, that's who's different. just trying to make a few di- a few bucks this summer. Like That's completely Are you different. sure? Yes. 100% sure. Because I'm considering now be- becoming a coach of a youth league team just so I can go out and say, tighten it up! I saw... <laughs> Over the, week, it up. Over You're the to a weekend, really bad start. I feel bad for you. Over the weekend, I don't know who published it. I saw the most heartbreaking letter from a 14 year old umpire to like the league president, like the little league president, talking about how he was just dressed down and abused by both managers and parents on both sides for the entire course of the game. But he wrapped it up with something like, "I love baseball." And I'm and I really want to be an umpire, and I'm trying to learn the game, but it's really hard under these circumstances, and I don't know if I can do it for much longer. Yeah, you know what? Then you should tighten it up. <laughs> <laughs> savages in the box. Uh, all right, write that down. Predictions. We are not savages in our write that down predictions. <laughs> no, we have to yeah. tighten it up. <laughs> yeah. So we'll make our weekly predictions when we come back. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami. On Score North here, powered in part by Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which helps business owners out there in a number of different categories. You can find a full list of industries that Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com, where uh, they will help you with a face-to-face relationship. They will help you on your grind every single day solving problems. You're taking care of employees. You're doing so many things as a business owner out there. It helps so much to have an insurance company that gives you the peace of mind that you deserve as you navigate the challenges of running said business. Again, you can go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about the industry's federal. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.